Want the reward? Do the damn work. Challenge yourself. Inspire change. Choice, not luck. What is going on, everybody? Todd Crandall from Racing for Recovery with another exciting episode of Ignite Euphoria today, and I'm pleased to welcome Ryan to the show. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Thank you. Are you nervous? Uh, maybe a little bit, but nothing I can't overcome. That's right. With sobriety, anything is possible, that right? That's right. Uh, so you were about to say something, and I said, wait, hold that for the show. Why don't you lead with that, and then we'll take it from there. Well, what I was going to say was uh, the, my first day here, uh, I sat in the lobby for five hours um, watching these uh, Ignite Euphorias on the t television you had up front. And I was just sitting there thinking to myself, like, man, I want one day to be able to be on that podcast, right? And here I am. That's why I wanted you to wait. That's awesome. So let's start with this. Talk about the condition you were in and how you got in that condition, meaning you can talk about whatever you want in there. But most importantly, I want to know how you felt sitting there. And then we'll get into how awesomely you've been doing, because as everybody that comes on this show, you do have over a year of sustained sobriety, which I'm proud of you for. And we're going to cover that today. So what was it like? For you sitting in that lobby watching those podcasts, what was your life like at that point? Well, um, I was uh, pretty nervous uh, coming in here. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect. I, uh, I had a friend who I was with out in Youngstown who convinced me to come come out here because he had a friend, uh, Cody, who was here. And uh, so I kind of got talked into coming here you know um <clears throat> but so i was sitting there i was pretty nervous i was watching these podcasts on the television and i was kind of like getting the feel getting the vibe right uh it wasn't a lot of interaction with anybody when i in the lobby right because everybody's everybody's busy um but uh it was probably within the first hour or second hour of sitting in the lobby um i seen um emily came out right and I had I had met her years ago, um, in my first try at sobriety, back in Finley, uh, 2016, and instantly I was like, oh, okay, great, somebody that I know gave me a level of comfort, and then when I went in uh, to, for my assessment, uh, it was Matt Boston, and uh, he was another person who I met with Emily, that was there for me in my first round of sobriety I didn't make it through that, but they were, uh, integral to my, uh, wanting to become sober. And so it was just a level of comfort with them that allowed me to kind of like, okay, this is the place, this is where I needed to be. Right. And then, you know, so, <clears throat> but, you know, uh, sitting there, you know, I was still trying to find myself, wasn't exactly sure, um, what my goals were, um, I know that I wanted to be sober. I know that I was willing and open-minded to do whatever it took to get there. Um, and I was willing to try whatever it took to, to overcome this. 
So you brought up some key points. I love it when the cycle of recovery at Racing for Recovery starts to showcase itself. And the two people you mentioned both got help from us over 10 years ago. So first question in that, it, it's imperative that we have those podcasts running for you, people coming in here, right? That's one of the reasons why I put them up there. It's like, yeah. I want somebody who's sitting out there who I know what they're feeling, rejected, lonely, all the negativity to see a ray of hope and all those other things. So we're definitely going to keep those going. Yours will be up within two weeks. But what were you specifically coming here for? You're, again, I'm picturing you with empathy and I'm trying to put a vibe in there. You're sitting in our lobby. It's all green. It's, you, it's, you know, inviting, um, energetic. What are you wanting to get out of this place to help you? Then? Then. Yep. <clears throat> well, again, like I mentioned, I wasn't quite sure. Uh, I wanted whatever I had you guys had to offer, right? Cause, uh, it wasn't going to hurt me. I know that. Right. So I was willing to do whatever, you know, if it took. And honestly, um, the, the Ironman thing that you do, right. I was like, man, I'm going to have to run Ironman when I first got here. <laughs> right. like, I don't know if I could do that. Right. Uh, but I was willing to give it a go. You know, I was willing to try. Right. Um, so I wanted, uh, Again, I didn't like necessarily know exactly what I was getting myself into, right? Until you know a couple weeks in, and then I was okay. They're getting to the deep stuff here. This is exactly where I needed to be. So when you're you're starting now to go through this, and you're you just said it right there, the deep stuff. And no, for people that are watching, you don't have to run Ironmans to achieve sobriety. <laughs> I never have marketed it that way, and I wonder why that still comes up for people. But anyway. So what were, and you, you could talk about this at, at your discretion or however you want to divulge, but what is the deep stuff for you and how has this place helped you to work through that stuff? Well, uh, the deep stuff for me was um, finding out who I really am, right? Um, for such a long time, I kind of ran on addiction, right? Uh, and I knew that's not who I was, right? And it's been since I've been 16 years old. So I didn't necessarily develop myself as a sober person. And I was searching for that, of what, what I am or what I can offer, you know, the world. Um, so uh, some of the deeper issues that I've, I've uh, come to terms with or have to deal with was, uh, one was uh, the codependencies that I carry. Um, to uh, which you know was a process for me of finding out where it actually stemmed from. You know, yeah. I initially thought it was you know uh, women, right? And then uh, well, I thought about it some more, uh, and then I was like, well, maybe it was the lifestyle, right? Uh, then I had to think about it some more. Maybe it was the drugs, and then uh, it kept going farther and farther and farther back until you know I came to the conclusion it was it was probably. And more than likely, uh, codependency uh, to my father, right? And uh, <clears throat> so that's something I'm actually working with, working through right now. Um, uh, I was talking to a, a, a wise man the other day, and he was telling me that I was been carrying this weight with me. Um, and actually took me into the gym and did a little, 
pick up pick up the weight and carry it with you and how easy is that and well it, it was easy to carry that weight because i'm so used to carrying that weight right but it was so much easier to put that weight down and and then try to move through life without the weight in my hand and it, it's it was it was hard to see that without without actually doing it right and i guess i'm a i got to do it to, to learn it kind of guy and since that moment um it's been a lot of freedom in my mind, a lot of uh, relief, a lot of uh, being able to uh, be more confident in myself, not needing the validations that I was searching for from my father or other people. Right. I can get it. I can get it right here for myself. Wow, Ryan. So I hear and I want to convey this to people that are watching this as usual. I hear a willingness. I hear individual counseling. I hear peer support in there. I definitely hear effort. I hear drive. I hear passion. I see reward. All of the things that Racing for Recovery offers. So even with that example of putting the weight down, and you said you were carrying it all these years, and this is where, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to push you to get into the deep, dark stuff. You don't have to. You can, you're conveying it just fine. How did those negative feelings hinder you and what has been the process for you now to understand them and prosper for them I'm, I'm asking you a bunch of this and i can help you out along the way but one of the things i saw you cut your hair you're very active in church yeah you're very active in helping facilitate our support group meetings and those are the examples of success you've had but going back to the emotions behind this. How did that stuff, metaphorically talking about in a weight format, how did it hinder you from being your best? Well, it, it, for such a long time, I needed um, I needed that validation um, from my father to to feel good about myself, to uh, feel as if I was not a failure. Um, I needed needed him to tell me that I was doing good, to think that actually know that I was doing good. Um, so it kept me from, it kept me from um, opening up. It kept me from not uh, judging my own words, you know, hearing myself speak out loud, you know, and then judging that in my own mind as not being good enough was like a big, big hurdle for me to try to get over. Um, and I knew these things, right? And one of the reasons why I asked, well, I wasn't asked, I asked to be a facilitator is um, because I knew that was a hurdle I needed to jump, right? So I, I volunteered to be able to do that so I can overcome these obstacles of speaking in front of people, um, not feeling as if I'm not good enough or having the lack of self-confidence in myself, right? It's something that I needed to do. So I... I took it head on let me ask you with respect to doing the meetings you're running the, the the men's meeting and i think you're doing the spirituality meeting too is that correct yes sir what's that what's that like like how it's kind of vague how does it specifically feel to be up there as an individual and overcoming those obstacles and then how does it feel to be carrying our the racing for recovery message and how do you see that translating into service into others yeah all that right uh, <laughs> right 
uh, <clears throat> I, I feel um, that it does, uh, I'm, I'm not a theologian, right? I don't have an education in the Bible or uh, an education in therapy, right? And I make that prevalent before every meeting, right? I'm not here to teach you guys. I'm just here to facilitate great conversation with you, right? And that just relieves me of the pressure that I, I can put on myself, right? And it relieves the pressure from other people thinking that I'm here to tell them how to, to live their life, right? Uh, I feel there's, for me, uh, a lot of pride in uh, representing um, Racing for Recovery in those meetings, right? Like, uh, I try really hard to, to convey the right message, to convey racing's message, um, and not put my personal maybe opinion on something, right? Not that it's not right or wrong, but, uh, you know, there's a way we do things around here, and I definitely have learned from that. Mm. It's part of my success. Just hearing you speak like that, not only does it show the growth and the progress that you've earned, but your our three words of empathy, humility, and gratitude, you're exhibiting those. It's not even... I love how you said you're up there to facilitate a good a good conversation amongst people, but you're also a crystal clear example of what this thing does. And you do that by not even saying anything, by doing. Um, talk to me or us about being in the service. And the reason I'm asking you that is, one, I appreciate that. Two, how, like, why did you go in? What did you get out of that that you are now applying here that's been helping you? So meaning like, and I'm picturing, I've heard people, I went into the, the service to prove to myself that I'm a man or to show my dad that I'm a man or serve my country. Why did you go in there? And again, what did you get out of that that is helping you be successful here? Well, um, there's a lot to that for me. Um, some of that is to to prove to my father that I am I'm worthy uh, of his love. Um, a lot of that is because I uh, I like to I wanted a challenge at that my age at 17. Um, I felt there was a lot of uh, prestige in um, defending our country. Um, there was there was something there that was intangible that I really wanted being being part of a team. Uh, for a greater cause of things, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's just part of who I am, just wanting to be a part of something bigger than myself, right? And so my service uh, in the Navy uh, was a big part of that. Um, what, I've, what I've taken from that that I carry with myself now um, that I do here is probably the discipline, right? Yeah. Uh, for a long time, I've been undisciplined, if, if being truthful, with my addiction, but prior to that, it was very disciplined uh, with, with the military. You know, the getting up, having the routine, having the schedule, being structured. I really like that. You know, that is, that's just, I, I uh, excel in that environment, right? And, and <clears throat> I've developed a nice schedule and a routine. And uh, being uh, an example for others here, uh, giving back, you know, all that's part of kind of like, the service right like you do for others more than you do for yourself 
and and living it is uh, is the biggest way. Well, you brought up structure, and a lot of not a lot. Often we'll hear things, you know, questions from other treatment providers that are interested in sending something somebody here or learning about what Racing for Recovery does. They'll say things like, "Well, it doesn't seem like you guys have structure," or they'll make a statement, "There isn't enough structure over there." How do you? How would you answer that? Because hearing you, and it, you're you're giving us an example of it. We have structure. Yeah. It's just we don't tell you what it is. Exactly. We offer you, and then you guys create your own structure. Right. So tell people what your structure, how you've created that successful lifestyle. Well, simply it's the choice, right? Given the freedom of choice. Um, I feel, for me, right, if I'm told to do something, then there's a, there's a kind of like a rebellious kind of side yep. to me, right? And maybe other people can relate with that. Um, but with give, given the option that you guys provide here of creating your own structure, like you just said, it makes it more valuable, right? It, it makes it v- worth doing for me in my eyes, right? Um, <clears throat> yeah, the uh, so yeah, the structure is important, and um, I'm not quite exactly remembering what the question is. You're good, because yeah. that, and that's why I asked you about the service. Yeah, because and I haven't been in the service. I I wouldn't have gotten past the haircut back in the day, which I do <laughs> want you to talk about your haircut. But it's like th- that structure, that is 100. percent I don't want to say dictated, but it's told you guys this is how you're doing it, which in that field I can totally understand. But if we ran that here, that potentially could drive people out. That's going back to the Ironman stuff. If I literally said, hey, in order to be here, you have to do an Ironman, we'd lose 99.9% of the people. It's not that. It's taking our concept of you know spirituality, physical, nutritional, emotional, psychological, and putting them into a lifestyle that is conducive for you as an individual to live. Yeah. And so that's why taking that mindset of structure in the service and then applying it in a more open environment at Racing for Recovery, you have success like you have. Yeah, I think the military, uh, at least in my experience, that kind of weeds people out, that structure, and I think it's done on purpose, right? Um, I've carried it with myself because I know that's that's how to do it for me. Um, that that discipline, that the yelling at you to do stuff, yeah. Some some people get motivated by that, right. you know. I was one to be motivated by paying it when I was younger, right? Uh, and that's okay. But now I want to be motivated from myself, right? Find the self motivation and develop that structure within my routine, my daily routine, right? And continually doing it has provided success for me so far up to this point with sobriety, right? And it, the proof is in the pudding. How has the, I'm going to say the spiritual, you, you may call it God, which is fine, but how has that spiritual component enhanced your sobriety? I mean, you're, you're active in our spirituality mm-hmm. meeting here. Mm-hmm. You're active in another church. Yeah. Talk about that part of your recovery and how that's helped you. Uh, well, uh, we were just talking about that earlier in IOP, and I didn't get a chance to uh, speak on that with my spirituality. But uh, it stems from the lack of love, right, 
that I was yearning for from my father, right? Um, the the validation, all that, the not feeling valuable, rejected, right? I get all that fulfilled from my spirituality, right? And that gives me a lot of uh, motivation. It gives me a lot of hope. I, I, I feel the love, um, and it's untangible. You really can't touch it, right? And that's... That's why it's valuable to me because nobody could take that away. Nobody could, nobody could steal that from me. Mm-hmm. Nobody could tell me whether I'm right or wrong because I know what it is for me, right? And that's so beneficial uh, for me, right? Just giving me the motivation. Um, and, and there's other things, you know, I've, I've uh, experienced that was just, um, Oh, uh, what's the word? Um, confirmation that I'm doing the right thing with that, right? Um, so without getting too in-depth in with all these mm-hmm. experiences, but it's just a reminder that, uh, that all the love I need really is within myself and from my higher power, right? I don't need my father to tell me I love me. He loves me, which would be nice, but, you know, I don't need that. So I want to ask then, too, because I just... And you know what happens what you assume, but I, I assume you've never done hot room Pilates before until you got with us. Correct. Correct. And my daughter, Skylar, <laughs> the drill sergeant, right? Yes. How has that given you a new thing, not only physically, but maybe emotionally, uh, spiritually, peer support wise? What has that aspect of our program done to assist you? I absolutely love the hot room. When I first heard about it here, I kind of maybe scoffed a little bit, like, oh, I'm, not, that's, I'm not doing that, right? But it's almost as if that was a spiritual experience for me in there, right? I, I kind of have told many people here that the hot room is like, for me, it's like my my battle with addiction, right? It's it's my fight for sobriety, you know? you get in You get in there, wanting to uh, give it your best, right? Yep. And then then it gets hard, right? Yep. It gets hot. Like, you want to quit. You want to, like, give up, you know, but you find the strength to continue on and fight through the pain, fight through the emotions that you're feeling, and at the end, it, it's, it's an amazing feeling. Right, like there's no end to sobriety, but yep. in a microcosm, right? It's yep. just uh, I find strength within myself going in the hot room and overcoming that. Right? I could if I could do it there, I could do it out here. My next question, I guess that's my job doing these things. How does it feel to have time to really get your life together? Now, I'm thinking how that could be perceived when I'm just answering that. Well, you quit using drugs, you're good. That's not what we do here. But how does it feel that Racing for Recovery offers you an environment that you don't have to rush back to work? You can come in, relax, have a place to live, and really focus on understanding the trauma impact and how it led to addiction, and then slowly and methodically and successfully build a lifestyle that a you never thought you could live and b that you are achieving tell people what that what that has been like for you and how it feels um i feel like it's priceless 
right? When do we get a chance in life to be able to do this for ourselves? Probably never, if 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 ever, right? Um, so I I would remind people a lot about that. Like, when do you ever? When are you ever going to get a chance to fix yourself or take a, a chunk of time to really work on you, right? So if you're not doing that, you're just doing yourself a disservice, right? This is a blessing. This is, like I said, priceless to be able to. Um, and you said relax, but I feel there's not much relaxing here, but, but that's myself, right? I didn't want to relax. I wanted to jump into everything and do whatever it took because I'm willing to do it, right? And this is serious for me, right? This is life or death for a lot of people plus myself, right? And I'm not, I'm not going to give up on myself, not this time. And <laughs> you guys are providing all the tools that I need to succeed, and I'd be a fool to, to not take wow. advantage of that. Wow. Wow. I'd ask you to repeat that again, but people need to rewind that and listen to that again. What has, what do you see are common characteristics of people who are successful here? What are they doing? What's, what are some common characteristics? Mm -hmm. I said it twice, but what, what does that look like for people who do it here? And I'm not talking you know, for a couple of weeks, those that get their picture taken in front of the icon after having a year of sobriety here, give people some ideas of what that looks like. What are those traits? Well, what I've seen um, for myself and for some others is discipline. We've talked about that, right? We've, um, through addiction, we've been undisciplined in our lives and just letting go with a lot of things and tightening up and being disciplined has worked for me and the ones that I've seen not succeed versus the ones I have succeed, I feel, I see a lot of lack of discipline versus discipline. Um, that, um, um, I feel a, a willingness for sure to actually want to do something for yourself. Right. A lot of people can, and I'm not saying here, but they just can't show up and just kind of fake it till they make it. Right. Or they can actually show up and put in the work. Right. It's because they want to. They want to succeed, right? So the people that I see have have sustained their sobriety here, uh, they're, they're, they're willing to do it, right? Uh, they have discipline, right? And there's empathy, right, in, in, their, in their hearts and minds to want to understand other people's ideas, uh, understand other people's feelings, how how they can react to that, how they how they should react to that, how they can um, overcome their own feelings. Like, you know, I could talk forever about what it takes not to do it, but... We'll um, keep it positive, right? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. But, you know, um, yeah, so a lot of discipline, a lot of willingness, a lot of empathy, yep. right? Um, for me, the, the giving back part has been uh, key too, right? Um, I, I believe you've said it, many times like it would it would be um how'd you say, i can't remember how you said it i know what you're asking okay um oh my god what i say it often it would you've been given a gift oh yes right? i can't think of the oh my god see what drugs do to you look at us <laughs> two bumbling guys right here trying to figure out a common statement that's around here what yeah. what is uh generously been given to me yeah to not give it back would right. be a disrespectful 
trait and it would get taken away from me basically exactly yeah 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 and and that's what i've tried to do right you've also said like you see somebody doing something that you want you got to emulate that or ask them questions right so i i've done that in my life here at racing for recovery you know uh, i've seen michael herbster you know i've kind of formulated my my path you know kind of like his i've seen jeff miller you know i've formulated my my path like his you know joey roberts you know i've seen him in the gym and and you know i've i've kind of followed him in in a way right and and you as well right being uh open and confident within themselves you know even though we struggle sometimes with some of that you know but there's a lot of it there right and it's 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 there just hearing you describe everybody that you put on that list and, and talking about watching our podcast, I'm I'm sitting here again with gratitude of like what this thing has been doing for people like us for over two decades now. It's the biggest thing that I enjoy is watching someone come in sitting in that lobby and then sitting in that chair that you're sitting in right now because everybody can do it. Everybody. And there are so many examples now of people who have done that. And it's it's the thing that that I get to experience the most. And I I I'm thankful for the work that you and the people you've mentioned have done, not necessarily for me, but for you guys that then the world gets to benefit from. I mean, I know I do want you to talk about getting that haircut again, because it's going to lead me to some other questions. But. In addition to that, do you have aspirations of being um, on staff here? And what would that feel like for you as a person? And how do you see that carrying over into service to other people? I do have aspirations, uh, almost as if a dream of mine, right? Like uh, like I said, when I seen the, the podcast on the TV, like I wanted to be there, right? There's success in that. That's what I want. Right. I seen, you know, multiple people that work here now come through the program and like I see that as success. Like I want that. Right. Uh, I've taken the steps up to this point to to get my CDCA. Right. I'm halfway through it right now, hoping, hoping that I have an opportunity. Right. I never asked anybody. I just wanted to put myself in the position for if it ever came up, I could be ready. Right. Um, Do you feel you're sorry to interrupt you. Right. Do you feel you've done that? Up to this point, I feel like I have. You've earned that. Heck yeah, you have, man. And it's almost, sorry, I cut you off on that, but it's important. When I hear you talking there, I still, and I'm not saying you're doing this, you may not even feel this, I still see that piece of us, that self-esteem issue, but I also see some humility in there. And what I'm saying by that is, to me, you have done the work. So it's almost like I, I'm looking at you like you expect to be on this unit. It's like an athlete that's like done everything. He's like, I expect to be on that field. And you're, you're, you're being humble with, oh, I hope I get an opportunity. And in my mind, I'm like, dude, you're creating your own opportunity. You earn that. Go get that. Now, it, again, that's not a criticism. That is not you're doing it wrong. It's just how we speak and it even took it took me a long time before I really started like coming into my own having a podcast like this standing up and writing on the board when I I never would have thought I was doing that stuff I hope to be doing stuff like that but I'm like we get to create that opportunity 
So you have earned that. And now back to my question that I rudely interrupted you on, even though I had a point. How do you see you working here translating to success of serving somebody else? I, I think it's everything, right? Um, I feel like I have a greater purpose and my I feel like one of my the greater purpose that I could do like I one of the reasons why I joined the military was the service to other yep. people right that's just part of who I am um to better the community or to better the world or to better my you know another individual there's no greater feeling in the world than that right like uh, and that and that kind of goes back to uh the the 5k thing story that I told you right <laughs> Uh, sacrificing the the self glory of getting my time, running it, versus walking it with Scotty, because uh, he was injured and not leaving him by himself. Right? I think there was more value in that than crossing the finish line with a 25 minute time or whatnot. There again is your empathy, humility, and gratitude. That I think that that was our 21st annual 5K and when I put this together all those years ago to have that event uh, be a, a culmination of years worth of work to celebrate in that. It's not about time. Yeah, the winner that does it, great. It's more about what you just said right there. That's that's peer support. That's love. That's compassion. That's empathy. That's awesome, right? Right. That's exactly and, it. And to touch back on the humility thing, <laughs> Um, I, I struggle personally with a lot of uh, pride, right, yeah. uh, for myself, ego, right? So I need to remain humble in a lot of environments and situations or uh, the history of my life has shown that I can get out of control mm. and lead me down uh, dangerous paths, whatever it is, right? So I, I try to remain as humble as I possibly can for my own well-being, right? And not only that, it's... Not really the right thing to do anyways. Can you have confidence, be successful, and still walk with humility and grace? Oh, yeah, for sure. I believe Th so. That is you. That, to me, is, is you. You are definitely successful, You're, but you walk with humility, and that's, that's great to see. Thank you. What, um, talk about that haircut. I've asked you that a couple times, and I remember where you told me about all that, where we were talking about, and I'll turn that into something productive. But what was that like for you, and why did you do it? Well, um, I I used to have a haircut where it was it was shaved all underneath, and really long on top, right? And that was part of like a alternate ego thing that I, I had in my addiction, right? Um. And then, so, like, you know, it was just getting out of control, and I had it in cornrows at one time, just trying to do whatever I can to try to, like, I think I used it as a way to to um, differentiate myself yep. from people, to maybe get attention or whatnot. But then it started becoming um, an identification, right? People were like, hey, it's the guy with the haircut, right? And they just... It, they were missing my name and identifying me as the guy with the hair, right? And I didn't like that feeling, right? 
plus it was just a natural growth thing for me like okay it's time time to cut it right time to be who i really am so it was a hard day for me that day to cut all that hair that i grew for two years but it was uh it was a moment for me where it was like the next step of growth right cut it off get the business right we're back to self-esteem so there's a question in that not that long hair short hair cornrows whatever is important right but could you now that you feel the way you do about yourself could you have that haircut and feel secure in it in a different way that you were trying to have when you didn't have it oh yeah for sure right and i I think about it every day almost right i'm kind of kind of growing my hair back out a little bit but um I kind of like where it is right now, right? Uh, The the self-confidence, I felt like it wasn't necessarily about a self-confidence thing originally, right? It was more about people not knowing who I am as a person versus the guy with the hair, right? I didn't want to be identified that way. And it was more of a self-confidence thing, right? Just to cut it off so people could get to know who I am versus you're just the guy with the hair, right? So it was it was part of the, uh, gaining more self confidence, chopping it off, right? So people could really get to know who I am. What do you? What does the future look like for you? You can talk about growing um, in your confidence. Mm-hmm. We talked about you working here, but um, where where do you see yourself in the next year emotionally, like? What's that stronger healing process going to look and feel like for you? Hmm. That's a tough question, right? Uh, so looking into the future has always been tough for me, right? Because who knows what's going to happen in a year, right? The whole world could change in a hmm. year. So who knows where I will be emotionally. But I know where I won't be, right? Uh, I won't be self-loathing, that's for sure. I won't be... Uh, self-pitying um i feel like i've become uh stronger emotionally uh, way stronger emotionally than i than i have been or have been in my life or even since i've been here right and a lot of that was uh has been um has been developed with that conversation i had uh with the weight right like it sounds so simple and why i couldn't have thought of that myself but until I actually went through that moment, did it actually like connect, right? And like, man, I'm just hurting myself, right? There, there needs to be a level of strength within my emotions, right? I need to be emotionally dependable uh, for not only myself, but for other people, for my son, you know, for my family. Uh, so I, I feel like I will be very strong emotionally. I'm already um, in part of the working through the codependency, right? is to be emotionally strong for me, right? Because I would hinge my emotions on the validation of other people, right? And, and that would that would definitely take me up and down these valleys uh, in life. And I, that has to go, right? Like, I can't be driven by other people and how, what they feel about me or how they perceive me. Right? I need to be in control of my own emotions. And that's key and part of my sobriety. So a year from now... Uh, I don't want to say I'm a future teller, future, but yeah, I feel I'd be way stronger, if not as strong as I am right now. 
Last question I have, unless it leads to 15 other ones, which is possible. Um, of our of our three books or our, our movies or you talked about the podcast, any of the resources that we have here, our literature, is there anything that really sticks out that when you read or were shown that you were like, wow, that I didn't, I never thought of that, that has really stuck with you that you can share with people. And the reason I'm, sorry, let me yeah. elaborate on that. The reason I'm asking you that is because you're one of the guys that is writing things down. You read our stuff. You ask questions based on what you read. And I've always wondered like, well, what is it that's really been prominent for you? Well, I, I feel the, the one video that I seen earlier, early uh, when I got here, um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's the one where I think you're swimming in Spain. Puriforia. Puriforia. You're yeah. swimming in Spain and you're swimming down the river and then you're, you're running uh, down the pass. And the, uh, I don't know how you said it, but you mentioned like you just don't quit, right? Like yeah. you just keep going, right? There's no looking back, right? And that kind of stuck with me. Like there's no quit. There's no quit in me now. There, there might have been quit with me back then, but now there's no quit in me, right? Like, you're a great example of not quitting it. Man, these, this Iron Man stuff, that's some serious stuff, right? And if and if you could do that, not saying I could do that, but the, the, the strength in not quitting, right, is where I want to be. And, and that's what's really stuck with me, um, not quitting on myself because I'm the only person that's going to help me, right? Dude, on turning that back, I appreciate your, your kindness on that, but that's the same stuff that I see in you. You haven't quit. You're kind. You're humble. You're dedicated. So everything that you're seeing in some of our stuff, you're not only doing, but others see it in you. And that's the beauty of what Racing for Recovery really is. It's, a, it's an exchange of awesomeness, right? It's mm -hmm. not one-sided where staff has all the answers and we're on some throne you know you guys are doing it which in turn enhances us and we learn how to get better and it's like i said it's a give and take of awesomeness and i'm i'm proud of you and i'm thankful for you coming on and sharing this today is anything else you want to say in closing i mean remember the world's going to see this <clears throat> well with sobriety anything's possible <laughs> dude well said um <laughs> Well said with that. Uh, until next time, check out more awesome episodes of Ignite Euphoria on our YouTube page. And if you're on social media, which I'm sure you are, share that stuff so someone else can see it, especially this guy's podcast. Thanks a lot, everybody. We'll see you next time.